On today's Lockdown Reds podcast, Bobby Nightingale from the Cincinnati Enquirer joins me. We talk about Jonathan India and the importance that he has on this Reds franchise and the immediate future. And speaking of the immediate future, are the Reds about to start rebuilding? What's that going to look like? We talk to him about that and more on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You have found the Locked On Reds podcast where today we'll be talking with Bobby Nightingale about Jonathan India winning the NL Rookie of the Year and his importance to the Reds as the years uh, go on. We're talking about like the next three, four, five, six years for this franchise. And we also there's a bit of an aside about Joey Votto and about what we can expect from him this next season and whether or not the Reds are basically going to tell him that the final two years of his contract will be spent on a team not trying to make the playoffs. We talk about that and a couple of fringe players and what they might do. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thanks for finding the Locked On Reds podcast and making us your hashtag first listen of the day. Locked On Reds is free and available just like all Locked On podcasts wherever podcasts are sold and right here on YouTube as well. Make sure that you are following me on your favorite app. First of all, before we jump into everything though, Bobby, how are you doing today? Doing well. Just finished grocery shopping, so perfect timing. Yeah. It's a good day to do it. I find Tuesdays are usually a pretty good day to run a Kroger. I'm just trying to beat the Thanksgiving rush. That's that's my goal this year. Yeah, we I randomly did it at like 8 p.m. on a Sunday one night, and there was nobody there. And I'm like, boy, if I could be that planned out. I'm never that planned out though, so it's uh, never happens. But hey, we didn't we didn't uh, have you on here to talk about going to Kroger. <laughs> Let's talk about these Reds, and I want to talk firstly about the man of the hour, the dude who. If, if we're honest, it looked pretty intuitive by the end of the season that he was going to win the NL Rookie of the Year. Jonathan India just had an amazing season. And when you kind of compare it to the other Reds Rookie of the Years, it looks pretty favorably. When you think of Jonathan India and the future moving forward, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Probably just the way he took the leadoff role. I mean, it's just something I think you could see him in that role for the next five, ten years. I mean, just the way he, he he gets on base, you know, almost at a 40% clip, 400 on base percentage. He showed a ton of power at the end of the season, the second half, which I thought was extremely encouraging. So I, I just think, you know, him as your future leadoff guy, that's a spot that the Reds have really struggled to fill. They really wanted Billy Hamilton to be that guy, and he never was, just didn't get on base enough. And now they finally have that. I mean, I, I think Nixon Zell would have been another guy they kind of hoped that would kind of ascend into that leadoff role. And it seems like finally they they have a guy that they can just put a pencil in there every day and feel comfortable about it. And, hey, if someone else comes along, you can kind of move him down to third or fourth and uh, still feel good about him in the middle of the order, too. If we're talking about the leadoff spot, you're being compared to Shinsu Chu. You're doing all right. If you're being compared to, like, Drew Stubbs and Jason Bourgeau and – uh, Willie Tavares. Yeah. Then we got a problem, but no, he's, he's been doing really well. And I, I love that. I, I think he's got it on lockdown for the foreseeable future. And I thought it was interesting. Like in spring training, did you get the sense from people that he even surprised them? Cause I know it was from a fan's perspective, it was like, we heard about India, but we weren't ready for this. We weren't like thinking, Oh, this dude's going to set the world on fire. If he starts. 
Yeah. So what's funny is like spring training 2020. So before the pandemic, he was in he was in big league spring training and he was one of those guys that just didn't impress. I mean, it was just like yeah. you, you see him and you're like, oh, he's still a couple years away. Um, still figuring some things out. He, he hit he hit a couple homers there um, in 2020 spring training before the pandemic began. But he, he, he just looked like a guy that like is looks like depth. And you're like, well, maybe in a couple of years you could see what he turns into. And then at the alternate site, there were no fans allowed, no media, no access whatsoever. And the Reds kept saying there, they're like, this guy's dominating. And honestly, from seeing him in spring training, I was like, I don't know if I really believe that. Like, right. you know, it's not real games. They're just scrimmaging, really. So I, I didn't really know what to expect. And then when he got to 2021 spring training this year, um, it, it was pretty evident pretty quickly, like, this is a different guy. And you, like, talking to scouts, that was the one guy that, like, they were like, wow, this guy is, this guy could be a dude. And it was just amazing, like, how fast, how quickly it went from, a guy who looked a few years away to in one year, you're like, they should find spot for him on the opening day roster. But um, credit to him because I mean it wasn't an easy decision to to shuffle Mustakis the third, Suarez the short to to create an opening for him. So I mean it he he had to earn that spot and he did by opening day. So um, he definitely earned it in spring training. I agree, and and he just made so many adjustments. It felt like if a pitcher, if it seemed like the tape was out on him, and pitchers were trying to throw him something different, he adapted, and I that was the thing that just most impressed me about him. And he's cemented himself for me at the head of the table. When you're talking about the foreseeable future for the Cincinnati Reds, is he? I know that this might seem like a lofty idea, but if you think of like current. Reds and moving forward, like who is the most important red? Is it Jonathan Indy? Yeah, I mean he's got to be in that consideration, right? I mean you look at guys like Joey Votto; he's under he's under contract for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan India under the current CBA. I mean maybe it changes in the next one um, after the lockout, but you know he's not a free agent for five more seasons. So for the next five years, he should be your everyday second baseman. Should be your guy who can hit leadoff, or you can move him to the middle of the order. So, yeah, I, I definitely think Kim, Tyler Stevenson, um, maybe Hunter Green. I think all those those, those type of guys are kind of in your conversation for that's going to be their face of the Reds after Joey Votto, um, his contract is ends. Yeah, that's a period of time I don't really want to think about, but it's something we got to – I mean, we got to be talking about it over these next couple of years. Before uh, we get into the meat and potatoes, because I, I've been talking a lot about – the Reds posturing and the messaging that they've been giving out and kind of what we've all been covering ever since the season ended. When you look at Joey Votto, and this is a brief aside from Jonathan India, but when you look at the season that Joey Votto gave us, compared to the two years before it, it was a super surprise. Compared to the rest of his season, it was sort of on brand. What do you think we're going to get from him next year? I mean, he's confident. He's He was confident going into last year. So, I mean, I, I doubted he would probably get back to that level and I don't think I'm going to make that same mistake again where I'm like I I don't know if he can be that guy I mean he was a legitimate MVP candidate for the way he played from he broke his thumb and I think he didn't come back until June mm-hmm. so after, from June onward I mean he played like an MVP candidate I mean he finished with what almost 40 homers so uh, he definitely can be a guy going forward maybe it's a little bit different maybe the on base isn't uh, in the 400s like we came to expect in his like 2017, 2010 prime. But if he's a guy who can hit 40 homers and drive in 100 ribbies, you definitely have to look at him as a guy who, that, I mean, that's huge value at first base, no matter whether he's 37 years old or whether he's 25. Right, 
The chat with Bobby continues in just a minute. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. Before we get back to it, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar. This is the amazing time of year, the Thanksgiving season, and you may be loading up on some food. And when it comes to dessert, you might actually be thinking about calories. I know holidays, calories don't really count, but Built Bar can help you out with that. Check it out at Built.com today. They've got all kinds of great flavors getting dropped all, all month long during the month of November, and you can use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. I'm talking about amazing flavors like Cherry Barcia. You've got great dessert replacing flavors like German chocolate cake. You can even get like some raspberry to replace that raspberry pie. I'm telling you about something that's going to actually tickle your taste buds, make you think that you're eating something sweet and something dessert, but it's healthy for you too, because it's only up to like 180 calories. And we're talking about 18 grams of protein. Built Bar is Amazing. I firmly believe in this stuff and you'll love it too. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order on the amazingly delicious and specifically nutritious Built Bar. All right, let's make it back into this uh, interview here. We're, we're going to kind of move toward talking about the Reds in this offseason. Yeah, and, and when I think about Joey and kind of what he has left in the tank, whatever he can give the Reds. It's going to be interesting to see what the supporting cast looks like around him. We know that there's this great young core of talent that the Reds are now going to have, but it almost seems, and I appreciated your article about this and kind of breaking down some of the things that Nick Kroll was talking about. It almost seems as if they're about to willingly take another step back. And we might be talking about the final two years of Joey Votto's career as a Red, uh, maybe on teams that aren't trying to make the playoffs. Is that, is that oversimplifying things or, or is that kind of what you were taking away from those comments as well? Yeah. I mean, I think the the reality of it is, I mean, when Nick Kroll says we're aligning payroll to our resources, I mean, that's you're cutting back payroll. And I think that's evident from around the league. Now, I, I don't think they're the Oakland A's like the Oakland A's. I think that's to me, that's an incomplete rebuild. You had some good players, you know, you have Matt Chapman and Matt Olson there. They're going to trade those guys. They're going to try to lower their payroll below $50 million. I don't think the Reds are going that far. I mean, I don't think they're stripping it down to the core, getting rid of anyone who has money. I just think it's, you know, they carried a $130 million payroll last year. Um, you know, maybe that's down to 100 this year, 110 which it, you're going to have to deal with some cuts. And you've already seen those. I mean, T Tucker Barnhart's no longer on the team. Wade Miley's gone. Nick Castellanos um, is a free agent after declining his qualifying offer. So it's one of those things. I mean, you look at, but like Luis Castillo, uh, Sonny Gray, those guys are in trade talks. Sure, that, that would lower payroll. Um, but I don't think that's the driving decision behind those. I think it's almost like Luis Castillo is a free agent in two years. Sonny Gray, this is his real last year under contract. And then he has a club option for next year. So both those guys could be free agents in two years. And you have to start doing the calculus. Hey, if I can't win a division title this year, if I can't compete for a World Series, it makes just as much sense to trade them at peak value, which the Reds traditionally do not do, is trade good players at peak value. Uh, usually they wait till after right. their value's gone down a bit. So, you know, if you get top 100 prospects for Luis Castillo, um, by far he, he's going to generate the be – he's your best trade chip. He's going to get the most back. If you can get, you know, a great return there um, – you almost look at it like the Tampa Bay Rays when they traded Chris Archer to the Pirates. 
They got uh, Austin Meadows, Shane Baz, their starting pitcher, um, you know, and Tyler Glass now. I mean, it was like a haul, um, you know, that people still talk about in Pittsburgh, like that killed their team. You say, so if you say the Reds got something similar, um, and obviously that's kind of the high mark, that's best case scenario, but you can kind of shorten your re, retool, rebuild, whatever you want to call it, and change it from we're going to step back two years to maybe you only have to step back one, uh, and then you have this exciting core to build around. Do you think that if they limit it to just Castillo and Gray, um, you know, I'm trying to think of how to word this, if, if they limit it to just those two guys, will they still be a competitive ball club this year while also trying to keep the window open? I think the reason that I, I wonder all of this is because it seemed like the window was opening in 2020, and now it seems like it's back firm shut again. Can they reopen it with trading those two guys? No, and I, 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 if if you trade Luis Castillo, if you trade Sonny Gray, or if you trade both, I mean, you're taking a clear step back. You're probably projected to finish in fourth place. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it does open the door for Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo and those guys to get innings um, at some point next year. I mean, it, it it is a step back, but it's also like, you know, they – the half went for it in 2020. You know, you, you wish they didn't get rid of Rysel Glacius and Archie Bradley when their bullpen became such an issue. But they did try to go for it. I mean, they, they did trade for Michael Givens. They did trade for the two Yankees relievers. And they fell short by seven games. So, I mean, I, th- I think they look at it as we did go this route. We did uh, kind of push our chips forward. We did make the trades for Trevor Bauer um, and all these other guys where we traded some of our top prospects. Um, and, and it didn't land them a playoff win. So I think it's one of those you look at the calculus and it's kind of like they're kind of stuck in the middle. And now it's, if you're, if ownership says the lower payroll, I think it's obvious which direction you have to go. Kind of. And that's one thing too. Like it's easy to get annoyed that the Reds didn't make the playoffs, but it did take like the best win streak in Cardinals franchise history for them to make it. So that's, it's crazy to think whenever you break it down in terms like that. And I'm with you. I, I think that, and, and this makes me wonder because if they trade Castillo and Gray, I think it increases the legitimacy of it. But Nick Crawl mentioned that they're going to give Green and Ladello a shot in spring training. Do you think that this is along the same lines of India this past season in spring training? And if they surprise them, they'll be on the opening day roster? Or do you think this is closer, not necessarily on the same plane, but closer to like that of Jose Barrera, where we almost expect that he's going to be on the opening day roster? Yeah, I think it's probably like Barrero. It'd be a shock if he's not on the opening day roster. I mean, whether he's starting shortstop, whether they keep playing him in the outfield, whether they use him as a bench guy. I mean, he's got to be, I think you almost have to start playing him every day. Um, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, like Lodolo, I think has less than 20 innings at AAA. Hunter Green, I I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's probably under 70. So it's like, I I could see those guys beginning the season again at AAA, unless they come into spring training and are, you know, dominating major league hitters. I mean, if you look at it last year, Hunter Green, pitched one major in one big league spring training game and he gave up a grand slam to Jose Iglesias, you know, struggled to get out of that inning. Um, Nick Lodolo, he's pitched against big league hitters and he's not, he hasn't overpowered them yet. Those guys have done that at double a, um, they showed glimpses of it at triple a. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. They just got to be more consistent. Um, but I, I don't think the reds are just going to pigeonhole them in the starting rotation and say, 
you know, you guys have a spot. I think it's one of those they're, they're going to have to earn it. What is your sense? Have you gotten the chance to talk with David Bell after all these moves have happened? I know that he's not really been making like Zoom conferences or anything like that, but have you heard from him? I uh, just saw him talk on uh, MLB Network. That was the the most I've heard from him since the season ended. We'll continue talking with Bobby in a minute, and we'll look at some fringe players because I've got some questions about who of like DJ Friedel, Max Schrock is going to make the biggest impact this upcoming season. We'll get into that in just a moment. Before we talk about that, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. It is the only online sportsbook that I trust, and they've recently updated their website for the basketball season. As college basketball is going on now, you've got all kinds of great stuff every single day to make some cash off your sports knowledge, whether you're talking about point spreads, money lines, over-unders, prop bets, betonline.ag has it all. And you can set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag and set up your profile with the promo code locked on. Betonline.ag has everything when you're talking about basketball, football, hockey, there's baseball futures bets. You've got UFC boxing. Check it out today. Betonline.ag. Set up your profile with the promo code locked on to take advantage of that 50% welcome bonus at the only online sportsbook that I trust, betonline.ag, where the game starts. All right, we are going to conclude our conversation here. One more segment talking to Bobby Nightingale. Before we do that, I wanted to let you know on tomorrow's podcast, going to do a little bit of a throwback Thursday and look back on the rookies of the year for the Cincinnati Reds and compare them to Jonathan India and what he did this past year. All right, let's jump back into the chat with Bobby. I'd be curious to know what he's thinking through all this. Like, I, I'm sure he knew that a little bit of it was going to happen, but getting that contract extension, I, I would, if, if I were him, I'd kind of be hoping that we would be continuing that competitive drive. And I, I, I kind of wonder about that, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's gotta be natural disappointment when like Nick Castellanos opts out and the odds of you resigning to them yeah. are extremely low and you, you give away Wade Miley and Tucker Barnhart, um, basically for salary relief. So, I mean, obviously there's disappointment there, but I mean, you lose Tucker Barnhart that creates every time, every day playing time for Tyler Stevenson. Um, you, you lose Wade Miley, you know, maybe Raver St. Martin, maybe he ends up being um, kind of a hidden gem. I mean, I, I know, I know they feel highly about these guys, maybe Vladimir Gutierrez. I know he finished the season, um, didn't finish the season. Well, I mean, you could tell he fatigued at the end, but what if he looks like the guy kind of in the middle of the season when it looked like he was starting to figure things out? And um, if you look at his stats compared to like Tyler Malley's first year in the big leagues, they're kind of similar. So it's one of those like, you know, maybe he he can keep ascending. And um, th there are some things, I think, where just by going younger, uh, you're like losing Nick Castellanos, you can't replace an all-star starter. But if you can make your team more athletic, you know, maybe Nick Senzel has, stays healthy, handles center field well. Uh, Jonathan in India. I mean, ceiling bases was not a, a was a huge weakness for this team last year. Uh, defense was a huge weakness. So I mean, there there are some ways where they can get better, even though you're losing some big names. Even though um, you're probably more likely to finish fourth now than you were uh, when the season ended. You mentioned India and stealing home or st well stealing bases. I just tipped my hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a thing. Uh, there's, uh, it's just something is somebody asked me this like a couple months ago and it's just been stuck in the back of my mind is that if they asked anybody to try and steal home base on this team, 
Is it just Jonathan India? And would you like to see that? Because I would love to see. It. I think that'd be amazing. Oh, I'd love to see it. I mean, Randy Ozarena in the uh, playoffs. I mean, that was as exciting yes. as it gets. Uh, like Nick Senzel. I mean, I, I know he's been hurt. I know he's kind of been forgotten a little bit, but he's also a guy who like I, he's 90th percentile in sprint speed and uh, per stat cast. So I mean, he's one of the fastest players in the league when he's healthy, as long as his knees holding up. So. Um, I'd put him right there. Jose Barrero's really quick. Um, sure, there's some others off the top, like TJ Friedel. Maybe he's got some speed. Um, so, I, you know, I think you're adding some speed into your outfield. RC is Aquino's a little bit like sneaky fast just with his height. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's, there's some guys that have some speed that you could feel a little bit more comfortable with. Who of those, and I appreciate your time, man, getting the chance to talk with you here about all this stuff today. And we'll kind of we'll kind of close up the shop with this. Who of the fringe guys, and I'm thinking fringe guys like TJ Friedel, like we talked about, um, Max Schrock, Alejo Lopez, maybe even Aquino, guys like that, of the fringe players who got some time toward the end of the season, are we going to see be really counted on this coming year? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know if any of those guys kind of stand out. I mean, Friedel, I think, um, say he has a good spring. I think he'll definitely have an opportunity. But um, they, they, there's not like a clear opening on the on the position player side. I mean, Stevenson catcher, Vado India, Guerrero or Farmer at short, and then you have uh, Suarez and Mustakis. One's third base, one's DH. Jesse Winker, Senzel. Uh, Tyler Naquin, Aquino. So, I mean, I don't think they have a ton of openings in terms of just space to fill where you're going to get one of those young guys. And I'm sure injuries will pop up. They always do during the season. Um, and that'll create create an opportunity for those guys. But um, probably Friedel I would be my guess off the top of my head. But it also could be someone we haven't talked about yet. And, um, you know, maybe Michael Ciani, he's been in the fall league. Maybe he takes a big step forward and gets a chance at the end of next season or um, TJ Hopkins, I think he was in double a last year. Um, he's, he's a guy with some speed, kind of like a Friedel type, you know, th there's some depth guys, I think that could surprise, um, and, and kind of jump up the organizational ladder. If when, when you don't have a Nick Castellanos type and you, you're kind of looking for those guys to fill more, uh, innings for you. That would feel like a real big slight if TJ Hopkins gets up and he's like, yeah, TJ Friedel, whatever TJ Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> the best TJ on the roster. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> well, Bobby, and then TJ Antone from the bullpen. Comes right. <laughs> Except he spells his name out. That's all weird and stuff. I'm sure TJ's just like, hey, I just like writing two letters down. I don't know about the other stuff. <laughs> well, Bobby, I appreciate you coming on, man, and giving me some of your time. Uh, what, what you guys got coming up on the Enquirer? I know that we just had the GM meetings, and... I know. I think there's some owner meetings coming up, and the winter meetings may not even be a thing with all the lockout and stuff. What, what do you guys got coming up? Soon? Yeah, we'll have a lot more stories from the winter meetings this week. Um, just kind of breaking down a lot of what we talked about. I mean, from free agency, the Reds finally dove into free agency, and two years later, they're going in a different direction and kind of rebuilding a bit. So that'll be one that comes out soon. Um, and, and then Friday, that's kind of the next major deadline. Um, Hunter Green will get added to the 40-man roster, probably a couple other players too, um, to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. And, and that's kind of the moment when the Reds will show their hand a little bit because two years ago, uh, you know, they added TJ Antone to the 40-man roster, and I don't think many people knew who he was. I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone expected he'd become, you know, the Reds' arguably best pitcher the past couple of years. Um, and, and last year, Vladimir Gutierrez got added. 
Um, Jared Solomon, he, he had Tommy John surgery last year, but he's a guy the Reds love a lot. So you kind of get to see who the Reds prospect-wise. Maybe they don't show up in the prospect rankings, but guys the Reds feel really strongly about internally. Always enjoy getting the chance to chat with Bobby Nightingale about the Cincinnati Reds, and he is a great follow, whether you're talking about Twitter or if you want to read his stuff at the Enquirer, Cincinnati.com, and see all of the stuff that he gives you. He gives you so much great info on the Reds. Highly recommend. If you don't already do so, and if I'm sure most of you do, but if you don't already do so, you're doing it wrong. Check out Bobby and the coverage that the Enquirer gives you on our Cincinnati Reds. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your hashtag first listen of the day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. Go make yourself some cash at betonline.ag with the insight that your boy Q and Lee Sterling gives you on Locked On Bets. Just like Locked On Reds, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. But that'll do it for us today. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow because even though it's the off season, we're locked on Reds every single day.